Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Every Sunday, my friends, we sing in the divine service. We sing this Kyrie. The words of the Kyrie are this, Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Well, even though this Kyrie is very brief, no doubt about it, it is very brief, it still, though, is very comprehensive. It is a comprehensive prayer for us as Christians. You see, you and I, we live in this world of sin and death. All around us, we see the results of hatred, the results of lust and greed, we also see natural disasters. We see diseases. We see wars. We see death. And so in the midst of all of this chaos, all of this struggle, all of this pain, we sing and we pray by faith, Lord, have mercy. Now, this is the same thing that those ten lepers, those ten individuals, cried out loudly that day. You see, when Jesus traveled to Jerusalem, these individuals, they cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy upon us. But why did they cry out loud like this? Why did they cry out with an imperative, with a demanding cry for mercy? Well, they not only saw disaster all around them, but they saw disaster right in their midst. They actually felt disaster in their bones. They knew personally that they were in trouble. They knew that they needed help, for leprosy had seized them. They cried out in desperation to Jesus, for they were completely and utterly helpless. 
It makes sense why they cried out loud for mercy, though. On the one hand, they were suffering, they were helpless, and they were the walking dead at that time. And on the other hand, they saw Jesus, and they had faith in Jesus. They knew that Jesus was a friend of sinners, and so the word that they chose was mercy. They cried out for mercy. You see, this word mercy, it is a very simple word. We've heard it many times before, but it is actually a word that is full of meaning. The word mercy means to have compassion. It is a word that means to bring help, to show kindness. And these lepers, they were in need of all of that and much more. And so in our reading from the Gospel of Luke, we hear that Jesus cleanses them. Jesus was merciful. Jesus was compassionate. Jesus showed them kindness he showed them mercy. Now, it might be easy to think that you and I do not have much in common with these lepers, for leprosy is now a curable disease. For only $400, through medical supplies and help, you can be remedied from this disease. But contrary to what we might think, yes, contrary to what we might think, the only difference between these lepers and us is that there was actually no hiding of their mess. Whereas you and I, on the other hand, will often attempt to conceal our chaos. In other words, those lepers were often confronted head-on with their leprosy. There was no hiding of their predicament. There was no pretending that they were okay, which drove them to confess and to cry out in desperation, Lord, have mercy. You and I, though, we will often hide our problems. We will try to convince ourselves that we are okay. And like an ostrich, we will conveniently put our head in the sand when disaster of the world arises around us. We say to ourselves this, well, life is better when we can't see the problems of our sin and the madness around us. And so when you and I do not see the chaos around ourselves and we do not see the ramifications of sin, we inevitably do not need to say the Kyrie. Why would we need to say the Kyrie, Lord, have mercy, when life is good? You see, dear friends, when we sing and when we say the Kyrie, that is, Lord, have mercy, it assumes that you and I struggle and fight against this sinful old nature. It assumes that we see all the disasters around us. It assumes that we understand that predicament of sin and corruption in our lives. However, as already stated, singing and saying that Kyrie is difficult because it is so very humbling. Because if we're going to cry out for mercy, like those lepers, we are essentially acknowledging that there is a problem. And to acknowledge that there is a problem to acknowledge that we fight against this sin in this world, and we live in this world of sin, death, and suffering, it is difficult, though. It is difficult and humbling. You see, most of our lives in North America are spent avoiding the reality of sin, avoiding the reality of death, and avoiding suffering, and inevitably avoiding saying the Kyrie. Take sin, for example. 
More and more, the word sin isn't used in North American churches because it is deemed as way too negative and harmful. You see, many pastors have struck this from their vocabulary, struck the word sin from their vocabulary. Regardless, though, most people know that something is off in this world, even though that this word is deemed as unnecessary and irrelevant. And many times people will feel guilty. However, instead of the word sin, individuals will evaluate one another by their personal feelings and standards. That way, when you and I do this as well, we can still have some sort of standard of right and wrong, but a standard that causes everyone else around us to be wrong and us to be right. As a result, when we do this, we go down a path where we do not have to cry out for mercy because we are never wrong. We are never wrong because it is everyone else who has the problem, not us. They are the ones that need mercy, not us. And death. What about death? In a recent study, it was reported that most people have this side of them that is scared witless about death. So when death pops up its head and threatens us, instead of saying, Lord, have mercy in the midst of death, we actually try to comfort ourselves and say this. We say, I'm good, so I'm protected. I'm special. I'm part of something great. I'll last. Don't worry. I'm above the fray. I'm an eternal soul, not a mere material thing. Indeed, when death arises, instead of crying out, Lord, have mercy on me, we distance ourselves from the physical realities of our aging and dying bodies, and we talk about things such as our intellect, our achievements, our generosity, and so forth. We do not talk about our bodies, but we talk about how smart we are, how good we are, our legacy that we have. You see, we do anything to avoid death, and anything to avoid the helplessness of crying out with those lepers, Jesus, have mercy on me. And what about suffering? Instead of accepting the suffering and saying, Lord, have mercy, we do everything possible to avoid pain so that we do not have to cry out for mercy and despair. We will even resort to euthanasia as a final resort, the killing of life, to avoid the great problem of suffering. So what does all this mean? It means that we avoid being helpless like those lepers and that we do not like crying out, Jesus, have mercy. But why? I'm sure there's a mixture of shame, my friends, and doubt and terror in all of us when we come to the reality of our helplessness and sin. That is to say, it makes sense why we would want to avoid being helpless and dependent like those lepers. But dear baptized saints, do not let this shame, do not let this doubt and this fear paralyze you or cause you to run the way of denial. Nothing is accomplished by the way of denial. You see, you who have ears, hear this this morning. Just as the lepers expected every good thing from Christ and did not doubt his help, but rather cried out in mercy and relied on his mercy, we too, as his blood-bought Christians, can do the same. To put it another way, when we sing and when we cry out the Kyrie, we're not confessing sin, 
but instead we are crying out for mercy so that God would help us in the midst of our sin, in the midst of this sin-filled world. We cry out because we know that the Kyrie is not just for lepers, it is not just for tax collectors, it is not for just the blind in the Bible, but it is for you and for me too. You see, the Kyrie is the cry of sinful and struggling mankind to God. It is the cry of the Christian. It is your daily prayer. It is your cry before the Lord. Dear baptized Christians, this morning do not doubt. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Consider your predicament and then boldly cry out for mercy before the Lord our God in anguish and distress Without doubt, cry to the Lord because he is gracious and merciful to you. You see, Christ Jesus, think about this, he did not cast these poor lepers off the side. He did not tell them to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Jesus was not disgusted with them, but he displayed his divine love by healing them. And this is the same Lord that you possess by faith. This is the same Jesus Christ that you have. You see, Jesus will not cast you off when you cry for mercy. Oh, no, he will not. For he has already given you mercy by his nailed, scarred hands, and he longs to give you grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. The Lord, he will not count you as a worthless, vile thing. For he has already claimed you as his own in baptism. He has placed his name upon your head and your heart, marking each and every one of you as the redeemed. He will not regard you with contempt, for you're already a forgiven sinner at his holy table. He will not despise you, for he will not forsake one of his own. Your cry for mercy is not a nuisance before the Lord our God, but it is the voice of your faith to the Lord, the Lord who possesses you and actually cares for you. So when we sing the Kyrie, when we sing this blessed Kyrie every Sunday, we sing it with faith. We sing it with faith, knowing that we belong to the Master, Jesus the Christ, who has overcome sin, overcome death, and overcome the devil. We sing it knowing that whatever unthinkable thing we are going through at that moment, that absolutely nothing, nothing living or dead, nothing angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our Master, has embraced us. Blessed saints of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, we confess by faith together, Kyrie eleison, yes, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy on you, and Lord, have mercy on me too. We confess this, we pray this, we speak this with boldness, in faith, because the Lord cares for us and has indeed given us mercy. Mercy at that cross. Mercy at the Lord's table. Mercy to the end of the age and mercy forever and ever. In the name of our Lord.
and Savior, the merciful one, Jesus Christ. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.